0: Hello, friends, and welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name's Alicia, and Stacy. today, you are bringing us, coming in hot, Mr. Freeze, a guy with a little ice water in his veins.
1: I do, indeed. Today, I have acting legend, two-time Academy Award winner, and a man who likes his fava beans with a nice Chianti, Sir Anthony Hopkins, While his two divorces do have a little trash going on, the really tough part of the story is his lifelong estrangement from his only child. Yeah, the situation is rather unfortunate, but what is not unfortunate,
0: we're going to go ahead and start the episode and go, go, go. Blessedly, we're leaving Australia this week, headed back to a different section of the world.
1: Yes, we're hopping over to merry old Wales. Huzzah, Clarice. Do you hear the lambs? Yeah. Hey, friends, Sir Anthony Hopkins, although as a lad, obviously he was not a sir, he has been described by Richard Attenborough as, quote, unquestionably the greatest actor of his generation. Many people would agree with that statement and his resume of exceptional performances and awards certainly supports that opinion. In a career of more than six decades, he's created over a hundred movies. Wow. Mm-hmm. He's been nominated for countless awards, he's won two Academy Awards, four BAFTA Awards, two Primetime Emmys and he was honored with the Cecil B. DeMille Award for Outstanding Contributions to the World of Entertainment in 2006. Holy cats. Good actor. Great actor, yeah. His first Oscar was in 1992 for his incredible performance in The Silence of the Lambs. Although he had been steadily working as an actor since his late teens, he was 55 years old before the entire world took notice and would forever associate him with his role as Dr. Hannibal Lecter. And this will later cause uh, a bit of trouble in his dating life, which we will get into. Oh, goody. With a certain celebrity domestic goddess. I hope he had a little trouble
0: with his dating life after that because that movie scarred me.
1: Oh, it's, yeah, it was yeah. it was intense, yeah. So nearly 30 years later in 2021, he was awarded his second Oscar for Best Actor in the film The Father at the age of 84 Whoa! making him the oldest person in Oscar history to win an award in an acting category. Perhaps this classifies him as a late bloomer in Hollywood terms, but who can say? It is possible that he didn't bloom until later because he was very selective when it came to taking roles. He was actually offered the James Bond role after Sean Connery left in 1971, so they seemed to have trouble casting that early on. Isn't that funny? So after Sean Connery came back, after George Lazenby bolted from the one,
0: even Anthony Hopkins was like, I can't fill Sean Connery's shoes.
1: I suppose, yeah, he felt like it wasn't the right role for him, and he, but he could have been 007. Interesting. Anthony Hopkins does not crave the spotlight the way that so many Hollywood stars do. He does not like going to parties. He does not like walking red carpets, and in fact, prefers not to socialize much at all. Some of his personality traits have been perceived to be cold and emotionally distant, but whatever other actors' feelings about him personally, they all agree that he is a consummate professional. Olivia Colman, his co-star in the 2020 film The Father, said that working with Hopkins, quote, "...was one of the easiest jobs ever. He's so good, you only have to react to him. It makes my job very easy." His preparation for roles has always been a wonder to his co-stars. His method is to meticulously memorize his lines, and he would often repeat them more than 200 times until he felt like he had it just so. So the result is him appearing not to act the role so much as embody whoever he is portraying. Whomever he is portraying. He's a stickler for the script. He does not He does not do spontaneity, Anthony okay. Hopkins. Do not ad-lib. Near him. Oh, no, it's bad. He will shut you down. Hmm. That's dedication. Yeah, he also, he doesn't like doing a lot of takes, which I think is probably, like, if we just stick to the script and do the script right the first time, just move on. Don't, don't hit me with your ad lib crap. (laughs) So it seems that not only was Anthony Hopkins something of a late bloomer in Hollywood, but his personal life has also improved with age, which means it started poorly In 2021, he told GQ magazine that he's found happiness later in life through the knowledge that, quote, there's finally nothing to win, nothing to prove, nothing to lose, no sweat, no big deal, free from worrying about this, that, and the other. It's a good place to get to, I think. So it had been a rough road getting him to that point. There were ups and downs in his acting career, and he has, fortunately for us, two marriages that did not work out.
0: Huzzah! Huzzah!
1: But he seems to finally be at a point where it's all come together for him. For all of his fame and accolades, he is still very much the young boy from simple beginnings in Wales. And with age, he's gained a healthy and appreciative perspective about life, telling The Guardian in 2018, You know, I meet young people and they want to act and they want to be famous. And I tell them, when you get to the top of the tree, there's nothing up there. Most of this is nonsense. Most of this is a lie. Accept life as it is. Just be grateful to be alive.
0: These are all very
1: wise. Why is he here on Trashy Divorces? Well, we shall get into that. So, early life and his path to acting. So, Philip Anthony Hopkins was born on December 31st, 1937.
0: (laughs) As I was listening to you read that, I'm like, he's got to be a Capricorn man. He has to be a Capricorn man.
1: Huzzah! Yes, so he was born in Port Talbot, Wales. His parents are Muriel and Richard, and they ran a bakery, and he credits his working class roots with a strong work ethic. He told the Washington Post that when anyone in Hollywood complains to him about show business, he tells them, You know nothing. Wake up. Smell the coffee because you know nothing. Wow. He's described himself as a bit of a loner growing up. He loved spending time exploring nature by himself, going for walks, climbing mountains near his home. So when he was a child, uh, the autism spectrum was not something that, you know, was, had been identified yet, I don't believe, but he was actually diagnosed with autism in 2014, which... is oh, so a
0: very late in
1: life yes, diagnosis. Yes, Interesting. Um, but it helped him to understand many of the characteristics of his personality. And, you know, he had always just been a bit different from his peers, never quite knew why. But he also thinks that a lot of this helped contribute to him being a great actor. So after being very private for most of his career, he's opened up more about his childhood in recent years. He told an interviewer in 2020, quote, I was lousy in school. I was antisocial and didn't bother with the other kids. A really bad student. I didn't have any brains. I didn't know what I was doing there. That's why I became an actor. Okay, that's not the only, those aren't the only reasons he became an actor though. So when he was a teenager, he met... You know, another guy from Port Talbot, Wales. Oh, yeah? Sir Richard Burton.
0: Oh, my.
1: Local fella. Uh, Burton's sister shopped at his parents' bakery. And so when he met this, you know, handsome and charming star and got his autograph, of course, Anthony Hopkins knew what he wanted to do with his life. He wanted to be that. Richard Burton is
0: Anthony Hopkins' poster on the wall.
1: Yeah. Interestingly, Richard Burton would remain an inspiration for Anthony's acting long after his death. When Anthony Hopkins played King Lear in 2018, he credits Burton's wake with helping him imagine the scene where Lear wants to bring his boisterous male army to to Regan's house. He explains, <laughs> I come from a generation where men were men. There's nothing soft or touchy-feely about any of us where we were from in Wales. There's a negative side to that because we're not very good at receiving love or giving it. We don't understand it. After Richard Burton died, his brother Graham invited me to the Dorchester where they were having a get-together, the wives and the men, all the sisters and brothers, all pissed, drunk for Americans. And I noticed the women were sipping their ports and brandy, but all the men were, come on, drink, drink. I thought there's something very Greek about this. Men together, you know, like the bouzouki dancers. It's not homosexuality, but it is a sexuality, a kind of bonding. That's what I was thinking of. So Anthony began acting when he was 18. He joined the YMCA's drama club, and he, you know, his talent was obvious from jump. So he earned a scholarship to the Cardiff College of Music and Drama, spent three years with the British Army and the Royal Artillery, When Anthony finished his military stint, he headed to London to attend the Royal Academy of Dramatic Art, Arata. Mm -hmm. Come
0: on, you got it. You got to have Arata.
1: Oh, yeah. And happily for him and uh, the acting world, it was here that he was discovered by none other than Sir Lawrence Olivier. Holy cats. Yeah. A lot of Trashy Divorce's alumni, alumni. Oh, yeah. Alums in here. Olivier was so impressed by young Anthony Hopkins that he took him under his wing and Anthony became something of a protege to him. Can you imagine? Oh my God. In 1965, Olivier invited Anthony to join the Royal National Theater and Anthony Hopkins then became Laurence Olivier's understudy.
0: Let's go ahead and catch everybody up just to make sure. Richard Burton... Famously yes. married and divorced from Elizabeth Taylor. Yes. Sir Lawrence Olivier married and divorced from Vivian Lee.
1: Yes, uh, and we've covered both.
0: It all connects in our
1: it spidery universe. All connects. So uh, it turns out that there are certain advantages to being the understudy of Lawrence Olivier because Lawrence Olivier got appendicitis during oh. a production of Dance of Death. And so Anthony Hopkins took the role, killed wowed everybody
0: it turns out i've practiced this whole script hundreds and hundreds of times as long as we don't ad lib put me in coach
1: yeah and this was awesome because he had been impatient for his big break for quite a while he told the guardian in 2018 quote i had non-speaking parts messengers and god knows what and i was very disgruntled because i wanted to be bigger So I went to the casting director and said, who do you have to sleep with to get a part around here? I'd only been there three weeks. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The ambition of the young. The ambition of Capricorns. Ah, the ambition of young Capricorns. (laughs) So Anthony Hopkins showed great talent and even greater perseverance and drive during those years at the Royal National Theater. He was also struggling with something that his idol, Richard Burton, had struggled with, bouts of very heavy drinking and the inevitable aftermath of those on his health and his relationships. Fortunately, Anthony has been sober since 1975, which has likely saved his life. He told People Magazine in 2020 that he had celebrated 45 years of clean living after almost, quote, drinking myself to death. That
0: is an incredible accomplishment.
1: Yep. Especially in that industry, this may be why he doesn't like to go to parties and industry events. And oh, that makes some sense, certainly. So prior to getting sober, Anthony Hopkins drinking did contribute greatly to the end of his first marriage, which has resulted in a really sad and ongoing estrangement from his only child, from his only daughter. So, so that is unfortunate. But we will take a break here, and when we come back, we'll get into that first marriage. And how it all went wrong. And yes, it was his fault. See you on the flip. Hey, Trash Pandas. When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and, I don't know, exposing official corruption? All in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island, from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since
0: that matters, and... What do I even say other than, hey? (sighs) Well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tell me how it all goes wrong.
1: Will do. So it turns out that Anthony Hopkins married for the first time in the year of Our Lord, 1966. His bride was Petronella Barker. They met while working together on a play. Uh, It seemed like a very promising beginning for these two young actors, but as things go, it was not long before the marriage was unhappy instead. Shortly after they wed, Anthony got his BAFTA-nominated breakout role, playing Richard the Lionheart in The Lion in Winter. With co-stars Peter O'Toole as Henry II and Catherine Hepburn as Eleanor of Aquitaine, Eleanor of Aquitaine previous trashy divorces alum too. <laughs> so the film was a gigantic success. I mean, it it continues to be a, a loved film, and it received many Oscar and BAFTA nominations. Won five awards. It didn't exactly make Anthony a superstar, but it definitely put him front and center on every casting director's desk, right? Like. That's the foot in the door. But in his marriage, you know, career goes up. Anyway, things were getting worse. Uh, And with the birth of their daughter, Abigail, in 1968, it just, it was just, things were spiraling out of control. So Anthony was away from home, working a lot, as well as drinking excessively, and some close to him say that he drank as much as a bottle of tequila every day. Whoa, that's like F. Scott Fitzgerald level
0: of drinking.
1: He says that this is an exaggeration, but he definitely owns up to plenty of bad behavior uh, as a result of his drinking during this time. He said that when he got drunk, he would become, quote, boring, aggressive, and stupid, which is just a fabulous combination. (sighs) Yikes. So, you know, by 1970, his marriage is deeply, deeply strained. This is also the year that he became so drunk one time that he missed a flight back to London. The studio that he had been working for sent a production assistant to pick him up. Her name was Jennifer Linton, and Anthony Hopkins was in love. Oh,
0: no. Poor Petronella.
1: For sure. By 1972, he had abandoned his wife and baby daughter. I think she was 14 months old when Mm. they kind of split-split. Jennifer Linton would go on to become the second wife of Anthony Hopkins, and this will be a very long marriage, but anyway... Reflecting many years later on this period, Hopkins told the Mirror, quote, I guess I'm selfish. I've not been a good husband or father. The saddest and most lasting effect from this time in his life is the estranged relationship that he has with his daughter Abigail. After Anthony remarried, Petronella and Abigail were essentially abandoned by him in London while he went on to pursue his new marriage and his ongoing career. Abigail has said, quote, I would see him, but maybe once a year. It's always been like that. See him and then not.
0: Oh, that's cold.
1: It's cold. Cold as ice. Being a star of London's theaters was not enough for the ambitious appetites of Anthony Hopkins. In the early 1970s, he and Jennifer moved to Hollywood so he could become a movie star. It would be years before he would become the caliber of star that, you know, he is today. But even in the '70s, he was making a name for himself in movies like *The Elephant Man*, *A Bridge Too Far*, and various TV miniseries. And you know, the relationship between Abigail and Anthony has never recovered from him leaving his young family, and the impact of that has had a a big detrimental role in Abigail's life, including dangerous drug misuse. Abigail would tell *The Mirror* quote, I totally abused my mind and body. The root cause was the fact that my father and I had an intermittent relationship when I was young. I was angry and there was a lot of grieving going on. In the early 90s, it looked like the two might be able to kind of overcome the past and, and build uh, some kind of, some kind of productive, happy relationship with each other. Abigail reached out to him after the silence of the lambs. They made some public appearances together, Abigail was an aspiring actress and musician, so Anthony got her cast in some small parts in some of his movies during that time, uh, including The Remains of the Day, which I loved, and Shadowlands. But they were unable to repair that, you know, deep breach that had ruptured so young in her life, uh, and they have stopped communicating.
0: That's so sad.
1: Yeah, a friend of Abigail's told the Daily Mail that she, quote, never forgave him for the way he treated her mother. She blamed him for his lack of love and kindness, and she never got over that. In 2002, Anthony was asked by Howard Stern about his daughter, and in one of the first times he'd ever spoken publicly about their estrangement, he said, quote, I hardly ever hear from her. She probably has good reasons. I guess we are estranged. I hope she's well. She's too busy and has to do her own thing. I think she's in England somewhere. Life is life. You get on with it. Mm. In 2018, Anthony was asked in an interview with Radio Times if he had grandchildren. This is really sad. Uh, He responded coldly by saying, I don't have an idea. People (gasps) break up. Families split and, you know, get on with your life. People make choices. I don't care one way or the other. You don't have to like your family. Children don't like their fathers. You don't have to love each other.
0: Cold.
1: I mean, you don't. He's perfectly right. I mean, that's... Sure. It's something you can work on, however. Like, you don't have to just accept that. So when he was told that his statements came off as quite cold, he said, well, it is cold. Because life is cold. Thanks,
0: Grandpa. Right.
1: Right. So one of his close friends told The Post, Tony can be very proud and stubborn. What he said about Abigail sounded so cruel. I don't know for sure, but I think he's felt rejected by her at times. It's very complicated. I can imagine it would be
0: complicated because, right, Hopkins is going to Jennifer about the time he's getting sober. Mm -hmm. So for that previous time where you were not sober, there could be some... Shame and regret and different things that all of that would complicate an estranged right. relationship.
1: And yeah, Petronello's experience of him would be very different from his second wife, who most of their marriage he was sober for. Correct. Just, yeah.
0: Interesting dynamics at play.
1: So Jennifer Jenny Linton met Anthony Hopkins when she was working as a production assistant on a film in 1970. For whatever reason, this meat cute seemed attractive enough for Jenny to start a relationship with Anthony. Although Anthony was still married at the time, he and Petronella's marriage, you know, was strained. It had been pretty rocky for a long time. After dating for a few years, Anthony and Jenny, after obviously his divorce, Anthony and Jenny married on January 13th, 1973, and they were off to Hollywood. It would still be a few more years before Anthony would get sober, so Jenny was in for some rough times early in the marriage. Anthony was blown away by Hollywood when they first arrived. He explained his reaction, quote, I'd never seen anything like California. All these long-legged girls. I'd go to Dean Martin's restaurant every night, shoot back tequila, and see all the lights come on in my head. Dean Martin, another, another, another previous Trashy Divorces alum. Another alum. <laughs> Check the catalog. All right, um, as revered an actor as Anthony Hopkins is today, uh, he actually received a Golden Raspberry, the the Razzies, nomination for a movie uh, that he did in 1980 called A Change of Season. Anthony played a New England professor opposite TD alum, Shirley MacLaine. Holy cats. And guess who did not get along? <laughs> Hold on, let
0: me just imagine Shirley MacLaine and Anthony Hopkins. Wow, okay.
1: <laughs> Anthony Hopkins still refers to Shirley MacLaine as, quote, the most obnoxious actress I've ever worked with.
0: <gasps> Wow.
1: In the early 80s, Anthony and Jenny had moved back to the UK and Anthony was steadily working in theater again. Jennifer loved being back home, but Anthony was not as happy about it as she was. He said, quote, to me, hell would be a wet Wednesday afternoon in the old Vic for the rest of eternity, standing on stage and wrinkled tights doing Shakespeare. I hated every minute of it. I mean, that's the dream for so many people, dude. Not when you got sunny California. I um, guess. Hooray for Hollywood. Okay, so by the late 80s, Anthony decided he needed to return to Hollywood. But Jennifer remained in London for a while before moving back. I guess wanting she wanted to make sure that he was actually going to stay put. Like, why move twice, right? Sure. He was in some TV movies, but soon... Anthony Hopkins' life would change forever. In 1991, Anthony gave his Oscar-winning performance as Dr. Hannibal Lecter in The Silence of the Lambs. Everyone was blown away by his spot-on and terrifying portrayal of the brilliant forensic psychiatrist turned psychopathic serial killer. He's still considered to be one of the greatest movie villains of all time. Agreed. Agreed. Needless to say, Anthony's celebrity status skyrocketed with the release of the movie and he became one of Hollywood's hottest commodities. It was clear that he was not leaving Hollywood now, so this is when Jenny decides, like, yes, I I believe he's staying put and I shall go join my husband. (laughs) The 1990s brought success after success for him. He was in Dracula in 1992, The Remains of the Day and Shadowlands in 1993, The Road to Wellville, which is such a fun movie, And Legends of the Fall in 1994, Nixon in 95, Surviving Picasso in 96, Amistad in 97, The Mask of Zorro, and Meet Joe Black in 98. I mean, what a decade. Uh, He was also knighted by Queen Elizabeth II. That's not nothing. In 1993. So the decade was just a blur of successes and honors and, like, living large. But it wasn't all positive. In 1996, Jenny decided to move back to London. Uh-oh. Yeah, not everybody likes nice weather. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony remained in California making movies, and in '01 he returned to his most famous role of Hannibal Lecter in the movie Hannibal. He reprised the role once again in 2002 in the movie Red Dragon. Although his career was still going strong, the marriage, I mean, they were a continent and an ocean apart, was For crumbling. five
0: years, yeah, that would be challenging. Yeah.
1: After six years separated by much, much distance, they divorced in 2002 after 29 years of marriage. Wow. Good long marriage. Their divorce, if it was messy, it was messy between the two of them and not publicly messy. I don't think many details like the settlement details and such aren't known. Uh, He's commented in his signature blunt and matter of fact manner, saying that he was unneedy, and explained that, quote, suddenly I say, that's it. I'm not a cruel person. I outgrow things. Oh, my God. You are so cold, man. Mr. Ice. Yeah, he's he's got- Ice, yeah, ice, baby. Ice water in his veins. Yeah, that, another song choice we could have gone with. So the two have been tight-lipped about the details of their divorce settlement, but, I mean, come on, 30 years- including this decade where his career jumped on a rocket ship, we assume that Jenny is living quite comfortably now. (laughs) I'd hope so, Jenny. I'd hope. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Okay, this is a perfect place to pause because I have a story about Martha Stewart dating and how creepy that was. So we'll be back in just a minute with that.
0: I always adore Martha Stewart. Story. See you in a minute. So Martha Stewart, another previous Trashy Divorces alum, right, sock it to me. She's
1: popped up in a, because the Maclos, uh early on, she popped up in their story too, because they were at war over some property. Anyway, it is not precisely clear when Anthony Hopkins and Martha Stewart dated ever so briefly, but it seems to be during his marriage to Jenny, probably when she was over. So we'll assume they were on a break. <laughs> Anywho, in January of 2022, Martha Stewart went on the Ellen DeGeneres show and opened up about that time she broke up with Hopkins because she could not separate him from his role as Hannibal Lecter. I wouldn't be able to either. She says, I dated Sir Anthony Hopkins but broke up with him because I couldn't stop thinking of him as Hannibal Lecter. I have a big, scary house in Maine that's way by itself on 100 acres in the forest. And I couldn't even imagine taking Anthony Hopkins there. I couldn't. <laughs> all, I could think, all I could think of was him eating, you know, and DeGeneres was like, so you broke up because of that? She was like, yeah. Wow. <laughs> Can you imagine? Yes, let's go to my cabin in the woods. No, thank you. Woo! All right. Well, he has married again. After the divorce from Jenny, Anthony did not waste time jumping back into marriage for the third time. He married Stella Arayave the very next year, in 2003. They met in 2001 in an L.A. antique shop where Stella was working as a dealer. Anthony was looking for furniture, and he said that she didn't walk to greet him, but rather seemed to dance, which is quite a nice little line. Yeah. So, made a big impression on him, and they began seeing each other. Although Anthony acknowledges that he was still technically married to Jenny at the time that he met Uh, Stella. yeah, Small
0: complications.
1: This just keeps happening to him, it turns out. (laughs) Uh, They'd been living in different countries for years. They were living very separate lives. And uh, he describes himself as being shut down during the time that he met Stella. In 2011, he told the Evening Standard, quote, she met me 10 years ago when I was shut down, shut down for some years. I didn't feel shut down at the time. I felt I was quite happy, but I was dealing with slight depression, not trusting anyone, certainly not trusting women. So they've now been married for 20 years and they appear to still be extremely happy together. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. In 2020, he told The Independent about his wife, quote, Every day she wakes up happy. She's very positive about everything. I learned from her just to take life as it comes. So I live my life in non-expectation. A good friend of the couple said of Stella, the timing was perfect for them to meet. Tony's not very interested in business or money. He needed a dynamic person like Stella to come in and take the reins. She keeps him busy and working, which he loves, and she babies him. What man doesn't love that?
0: fair point
1: i will say in pictures i mean she has like a million watt smile i mean she she, i believe she does wake up quite happy every day like she looks very very happy so anyway that is that is the trashy divorce saga of sir anthony hopkins so a little bit of a mr freeze when it comes to previous relationships yeah boy yeah ice ice water in the veins for sure how many trash cans stacy you know, I'm going to give him 29 for the number of years for his second marriage.
0: Are they all located in the wintry old Vic?
1: <laughs> yes, wearing wrinkled tights, <laughs> reciting Shakespeare.
0: <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. Well done, Stacy. Thank and you. Well done, all of you. We here at Trashy Divorces are wishing
1: you the very best of weeks sure and patrons sit tight for our bonus segment coming up in a bit about that restaurant
0: and yeah patreon folks stay tuned spider webs at the end of this episode i've got some petty petty men we mentioned dean martin had a restaurant sure he sure did his former comedy partner jerry lewis opened a restaurant to <gasps> the tale of petty petty men stay tuned patreon folks for that spider web don't forget Subscribe to Trashy Royals. That's going to be coming out on the weekly for you starting May the
1: 4th. May the 4th be with you.
0: We have a little over half of our Truman Capote's High Society Swans completed over on Done and Done. Check those out. We're coming back this week on Patreon with a few fun things. And ultimately, we're going to see you back around this weekend. Until then, y'all, we can't thank you enough for your support, for telling your friends, for your kind reviews, for your emails. Until we meet again, friends.
1: Keep your hands clean.
0: Keep those hearts trashy. Big love, everybody. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacey and Alicia.